Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mark Kilborn, CIO at Spring Hill Medical Center. In this segment, Kilborn talks about the challenges his team faced when they first rolled out the EMR and what has changed both since then, how he handles the unique role of being an outsourced CIO, and what he's learned about vendor-client relationships. So now, uh, at this point, do you have uh, physicians that are both owned and affiliated with the system? Uh, we only have, I think, just a just a handful. This organization never did uh, really get into the big uh, practice move uh, back in the 90s when when uh, everyone was buying up physician practices. They didn't really go down that uh, that rabbit hole. Thank goodness. Right. Okay. Uh, listen, something else I want to I want to point out about the system and the adoption here by the physicians. The only physicians that were required to do CPOE when we first went live were our ER physicians. All the other doctors that came in here, it was up to them. So for several years, we teetered around 40 and 50% of the physicians choosing to put their own orders in with CPOE versus writing their orders and you know handing them somebody else. The doctors themselves came to the hospital and they said it's time to make this mandatory. We want everybody singing off the same sheet of music. So for the doctors to come to us, because that's, that's an extra work effort and an extra work step, but it certainly is a quality uh, improvement, uh, you know, cuts down on error rates. Uh, but for the doctors to come forward and, and, and say they want to do that, that tells me that they have embraced technology at Spring Hill Medical Center. Right. And that's evidenced by seeing how these guys uh, practice and the efficiencies that, that uh, they are hopefully uh, seeing day in and day out. Right. So now, when was the EHR actually implemented? So I know you said this is... Yeah, we went live. We were scheduled. First go-live was scheduled uh, in October, but a hurricane decided to show up that day, oh. so we, we had to pull the... Pull, pull the plug on that one, uh, and then you might know the following month in uh, November when we went live, uh, we had 150 super users that were trained for the go live. It was one of the most busiest months we ever had. The house was full, and all our super users were taking care of patients. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was quite a challenge, but we went live in November of uh, 2004. Okay. Okay. So now that's obviously a pretty long time to have had this in place. Um, what do you think has been yes, uh, the biggest change as far as you know, looking back from 2004 to now in the use of uh, the EHR? Well, golly, boy, that's a tough one. Well, certainly, I mean, the, do the workflows in the entire organization have changed dramatically. But when you look at the, uh, some of the outcomes, a good uh, representation of, of an improvement, I believe a written order takes something like two to two and a half hours to execute from the time it's written and uh, handed to the, you know, to the unit clerk, picked up in a basket, taken down to the unit, executed, and all that good stuff. I think it's something like 35 to 45 minutes when it's done electronically. Now think about that when you're talking about healthcare, which is you know so so centered around um, getting expedient service. Um, yeah. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. Uh, we have seen record growth uh, in our ER. I think we're hitting about 4,500 patients a month now. I don't think they would be able to handle that volume without the electronic 
record. I can remember back uh, when Hurricane Katrina came. Um, of course, we hadn't been live that long, and where there was some concern that the EHR might, uh, in the event we had uh, an influx of patients, that the EHR might get in the way. So the uh, president of the hospital, uh, the instruction to the ER docs was use this system, but if it becomes cumbersome and you can't manage the load, then most certainly go back to manual or whatever work or what works for you. Right. Uh, at the end of that hurricane event, the physicians told us they wouldn't have been able to manage the load without the system. Um, wow. I think we had something like uh, 70 patients in the ER at one time, which is huge for us. Uh, it was one of the busiest days in the history of the organization, and uh, the system worked flawlessly. Uh, so that's being able to handle that volume is 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 huge. Right. We've won so many, I think 17 national, nine state quality awards, and four international awards for performance, uh, IT performance and clinical performance uh, in the last 15 years. Um, it, it's hard to tell you how that's changed healthcare, not being the guy that's out there having to deal with the patient, but I know that we are getting real-time valuable critical information to all of the multidisciplinary caregivers in this organization um, and and it certainly has uh, shown in and the growth of the organization and improved outcomes um, I guess that about sums it up now what about um, the, the physicians obviously I, I would guess that there was a, a bit more pushback uh, back in the day but is that that's something that's really not not that much of a concern anymore no, ma'am, not at all. Because you got to remember, the, uh, you know, the docs are having just as hard a time as as healthcare as the hospitals are um, with EHR and keeping up with it. They're having to do the same thing in their office. They're also having to do the same preparation for ICD-10. So, unfortunately, those guys have, uh, you know, had a lot of technology forced upon them. Uh, so, I think they feel our pain a little bit better. But uh, we've got a, really a, a great campus uh, and physician staff. That's very technically astute. All of them are, uh, I think, ahead of the game uh, with some of the other, uh, of some of the other physicians in the community. So, I mean, you're always going to get somebody that, that's unhappy with something, or they want you to reduce the number of clicks, or they need this information or that information. So, right, right. Okay. But overall, I'd say we're, we have a very happy community. Okay. All right. Now, what about the outsourcing? What, what's the model that that you use? I'm actually a managed services outsourcing area vice president for all scripts right, on a okay. 21 year contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's, that's, that's not something we've really heard much about. The entire IT department at Spring Hill is outsourced to all scripts managed services. Right. All right, and that's so that's that's how obviously things were set up 21 years ago and. It originally was a seven-year contract. It was a seven-year contract, but they've been very happy with what uh, uh, we've been able to do. And and I want you to understand what my job is. My job is to be the CIO at Spring Hill Medical Center. I'm a very difficult customer for all scripts. I think. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, no, we have a, we have an excellent relationship. Uh, when you're in outsourcing, especially in a position like this, uh, your job is to represent your client, and that's the hospital. And that I happen to be representing them with my employer is a unique position to be in. Right. So how it started out as a seven-year deal, and what what has made it work, and what made 
both parties want to keep doing it? Um, where both organizations are result-driven. Uh, Spring Hill has really embraced technology, and as I mentioned before, sees it as an excellent tool to, uh, to help bond with uh, their admitting physicians. Um, you know, we want technology to be uh, at, a, at, a, at a par where it's difficult for doctors to want to go practice somewhere else because they get what they need here at Spring Hill Man Medical Center. Um, it, it's, it's worked here because the people here understand their role. Um, you know, they're not the ones out there giving the compassionate care, but they certainly are providing some great tools. And I think that's one thing folks need to realize uh, about healthcare technology. While we've got these great tools that are doing all this monitoring and sending out all those alerts, it still takes that well-trained, compassionate caregiver to take care of the person. We are an aid to that person, kind of like a, a diving buddy check, if you will. We're getting all the right information to them. But it, it's just been a, a excellent relationship with Mr. St. Clair being so, and, and ownership of the hospital. Dr. Wallace, Mrs. Wallace's son, uh, is uh, very, very tech savvy uh, and uh, certainly having leadership so um, appreciative of technology and what it can do to help advance their organization and its outcomes has been wonderful uh, for me as a CIO. Right. Is it ever a challenge having to, to balance those two roles? No, ma'am. I work for the hospital. I'm the CIO. <laughs> right, right. And, and you That's why that. I say I'm a difficult customer for all scripts, you know. Yeah. No, I, we, I, I, I engage them as any CIO would uh, engaging in a vendor. And I, I truly believe they don't – I don't think they treat me any different, quite frankly. Right. You're not afraid to be honest? <laughs> Oh, no, ma'am. Uh, I think you've got to be honest with in, in any vendor-client relationship. Yeah. Why, you, you better be wide open if you want to be successful. worst thing you can do is both start building a bridge from opposite sides and they don't connect in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com backslash podcast.